Hey, Nexus Church family. This is Nexus Church News with Pastor Luke and Liam. Ah, we got a crazy busy week coming up here. Of course, it is Christmas week. Like we do every month called Nexus Night at the Hop. And that's from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock on Monday night at the Hop, uh, right next to Just for Kicks. Um, I know that uh, this is kind of a crazy week to be able to make it, but uh, I saw some of the songs, and um, if you like worship music, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm so blessed to be able to be a part of that and get to do a little praying, but mostly I get to drum the whole night, and that's just like awesome. <laughs> Two hours of drumming with an awesome team, just amazing. But You are a drummer boy. I am a drummer boy. That's kind of a song, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a Christmas carol or something. I kind of like that song. Yeah. It's because... I like the drum. Um, anyway, that is happening on Monday night from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, even if you can only make it for uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, it is such a great time, and we'd love to have you come and join us. And then, I think there's one more thing going on. Yeah. We have Christmas Eve service starting at 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve? Really? Huh. Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. Whoa, what a shocker Uh-oh. there. To five to five p.m. or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my talking goes a little short. Yeah, telling the original Christmas story. Amazing, the original. Actually, it's a cool <laughs> little reading that we have where we have six parts that kind of prepare you for uh, the powerful message that comes at the end. So uh, we also have communion that we take at, at that time, and uh, we're working on some live music. So hopefully that'll all come up. And uh, again, we plan on live streaming that, but at this point, you just never know what's going to work. But uh, hopefully we'll have something up there for you. Um, if anything... Uh, it's always better to come. We're going to be taking communion, of course, so it's better to take communion when you're with a group of people. Yeah, within your own restrictions, of course. If you don't feel comfortable coming to church and wearing a mask, then by all means, stay home, but we'd love to have you. We'd definitely love to have you. and We are praying for you this week that you'll have a great week celebrating the birth of Jesus and all that he's given us as a gift, eternal life. Come on, what greater gift can we be given? And uh, may you remember the reason for Christmas and uh, have fun with your family. I know that there's still some restrictions, but um, for the most part, we can still celebrate with a small group of people, and that's going to be powerful. So we're praying for you. Uh, We so look forward to having you if you can make it on Sunday and celebrating with us. So Nexus Church family, from our house to yours, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Awesome. Well, it's so good to be here on a Sunday morning, Christmas program, Christmas week. Awesome. Well, I'd love to also welcome those of you following us online. It worked. It's actually happening and we have it live streaming. And so uh, definitely thanks again to Mr. Drews and the wonderful stringed instruments that were playing for us as we welcomed you this morning. Uh, it was beautiful. In just a few moments, we're going to have our Christmas program. But before we do, we're going to enter into some worship uh, time. Is We also have something uh, for those of you who are sitting around the tables today. We have little gifts that are there, and you might see a few of them. These are for us to wrap. Now, if you remember last week, I asked that if you so felt led to uh, contribute towards the VIP Christmas, uh, adopt a family. We had adopted two families, uh, one 
one lady, I think, was 30, and she had a four-year-old son. And then one lady was 40, and she had a 17-year-old daughter. And so we wanted to support them and give some of the gifts that they were hoping to get for this Christmas. And so we went out, we purchased them because we were on short notice, and then we left them for you to be able to wrap as families to kind of include you in on it as well. And so if you still feel led, uh, we'll take your donations all the way through the end of this year to to help us in supporting those families. And so... At this time, if you could stand with us and we will open up in prayer. We also have goodies around the tables or on your chairs if you uh, want to enjoy those as we worship today. Father, thank you for this time that we can come and we can worship you, Father. There's so much that goes into this service, and I thank you for every person who gave so much to make this service so special, considering, Father, we didn't know if we could even be joining uh, together to worship uh, this Christmas season. This is such a gift, such a blessing, and we definitely don't take it for granted. So we thank you, we worship you, and we're going to join in together in singing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I was reading, I was going to read the Christmas story this morning, just personally, and I, reading from the paraphrase Luke 1, and this is what was prophesied over John. Can you imagine his dad holding him and prophesying this over him? And you, my little son, shall be called the prophet of the glorious God, for you will prepare the way for the Messiah. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. All this will be because the mercy of our God is very tender. And heaven's dawn is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and death's shadow. And to guide us to the path of peace. Imagine. Imagine. Here's the thing. Here's the challenge for us today. Jesus came, he's been here once, and he's coming again. Amen? Amen. And what are we called to do? The same as John. We need to go, and we need to prepare the way because Jesus is coming again. Amen? Amen? He is coming again. And this phrase just keeps sticking over and over in my head. All this will be because the mercy of our God is very tender. Does that speak to our God's heart? It is very tender. Amen. Amen.
Prince of Peace, Son of God, Mighty One, Savior of the world, God with us, Emmanuel. Father, thank you that your mercy is tender. Thank you that your grace is for every day. Thank you, Father, that you pick us up when we fall down and you keep moving us in the right direction. That you love us so very much that you just don't throw us down and leave us where we are. We desire that you be the king of our hearts. Man thought that prophecy meant that he would be king, king of Israel. But you, God, sent him to be king of our hearts king of our lives and that is eternal it wasn't temporal he wasn't someone to come to earth and conquer for all of Israel and then to die and never to be again just to be in history no his effect was eternal king of our hearts yes for our time on this earth but for everlasting for everlasting for always and forever. Always and forever. First in his presence and then in yours, Father, to see you face to face only because of your son, Jesus. Tender you are. Tender your mercies. To bring light to a dark world and hope to hopeless man. That's what Jesus did. Father, 
There are so many activities right now, so many things we're thinking about. But this has to remain in our hearts. This has to remain in our hearts every single day, every minute of every day of our lives. Hope of the world. Hope of the world. Thank you, Father, for who you are, for your love, your tenderness to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us online, this is our Christmas program. In just a couple of minutes, the kids are going to be coming up here and leading us in their Christmas program. They're getting lined up right now, so I'm just kind of being that transition guy and uh, blowing some time so that they can be prepared. Um, this is something that we've done, gosh, I don't even know how long we've been doing this Christmas program, but uh, many churches have had the wonderful opportunity to enjoy this. So if it's your first time, um, enjoy it. It is fun. It's relaxed. It's chill. And it goes really, really quick. And I'm so honored that um, that Mrs. Tina continues to be so faithful in doing this every year. So thank you, Mrs. Tina, for doing this again. And here she comes. I'm going to get out of the way. All right, I'll crouch down here. So I just have to say how proud I am of these kids. We haven't had as much time to practice this year as we have in years past because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to have the program or not due to COVID. So they worked really, really hard last week practicing lines and getting their costumes ready. So enjoy. I am a donkey, soft and great. I carry his mother far away. I am the ram, 
With my curly horns, I guard the stall where the child was born. Shepherds who watch the sheep tonight, a holy watch we keep. I am Mary, the mother mild. How I love my tiny child. All these years, and that play never gets old for me. Oh, I love it. Well, we are going to, uh, as they get themselves all adjusted and back to their families, and we get prepared for the service, I thought today it would be fitting that we would have a little activity for in between the kids and getting back adjusted. So I need two volunteers who are willing to have fun. This is going to be all fun. And you know, maybe look a little silly. Um, so the first two people to come on up here will get to play a game with me called, well, it'll pop up on the screen eventually here. Oven Mitt Christmas. You guys both get a present. Now, off to the side of each of the public. Oh, no, you're going to have to go get your hat quick. It won't be the same without it. Okay, so, you know... We love baking at Christmas time. We love Christmas and presents at Christmas time. And um, so I thought, why not mix the two together? And you guys are going to put on your Christmas oven mitts. And um, when you hear the music, your job is to open up your present. And the first one to get their present open and facing the crowd, showing it off, will be officially a winner. And then we will have a grand prize. You both get to keep the gifts that are inside of there. I'm sure your mom will be really pleased when she gets them. And um, and then the grand prize winner will get something cool. All right. So uh, do we have the music cued? Uh, it's going, so uh, open away. These guys might be better than what I thought they were going to be. Might get tricky from here, though. You have to open it and show us the present now. <laughs> Don't worry, you can make the stage dirty. I was planning for this. <laughs> this guy's got skills. What guy? <laughs> 
Your brother got through it just fine. I don't know. There we go. We got a winner. Give him a hand. Nice job, Jaden. It must be something with those hands and, and drumming like you do. How fitting it was a drummer boy song for you. All right, here you go. You get tape for all the tape you just ripped through. And I'm sure your mom will need it actually for all the gifts that she's wrapping if she hasn't finished. So um, you get to have that. Enjoy. And I'll take the mitts. Um, I'm not sure if these are the churches or mine. That We'll find that out later. I can't remember. Why not? Have a little fun. This is Christmas. We need to have some fun. It's been such a crazy year, so why not? Well, I promised, um, maybe you weren't here to hear it, but um, I promised that we're going to keep today's message short, and so with that, I'm going to get going. Um, today is, of course, how we traditionally would celebrate the birth of Jesus, and so I went to the book of Luke, because Luke has one of the best kind of stories as a whole for the Christmas story. And so I went to the book of Luke, and as I was reading chapter 1, I came across this statement that Gabriel gave to Mary. And it was a peculiar thought, and usually if you're reading the Christmas story, you just kind of blow right over it. It was this, this statement that God is going to give Jesus the throne of David, and that his kingdom will have no end. Now, I don't know how many times you've heard the Christmas story or have read it or just doing your devotionals and you go through that and it's just like a passing statement that, I don't know, you just kind of blow by and don't think a whole lot of. But as I read it this week, something happened inside of me that made me think twice. And I thought, that isn't just a passing statement. That is a prophecy fulfilled. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about prophecy and, and how important prophecy is. It's a, a foretelling of something that is going to happen. And of course, Jesus fulfilled what we learned a couple of weeks ago, 108 of those prophecies, and this was one of them. And as I, I look back, I read the story that is found in 2 Samuel, and if you'd like to turn to it today, we're going to read from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. It is on page 267, the Bible's on the tables or under the chairs or on the chairs. And it dawned on me as I was reading this passage that to the Jewish audience that this, this story is written to, this statement resurrected a hope that had been long dormant. This has been this has been something that they've been hoping for for so many years because it was prophesied to David and David thought it was for his son. He thought that this was going to be my heir. This is going to be what turned out to be King Solomon. And though it really was fulfilled kind of in Solomon's life, it kind of died soon after he was king. And after a bunch of, of other wars occurred, Israel ended up in exile, in a sense. They were gone from the country. They were in slavery in another land in Babylon. And so they no longer had a king. So this prophecy that was given died. So I want to read this prophecy that was given to David and then go from there to another prophecy that was given in Jeremiah. So when the king had settled into his palace and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all of his enemies. Now, this is to David. 
The king said to the prophet Nathan, look, I am living in Cedar House while the ark of God sits inside tent curtains. Okay, so <laughs> David is feel a little conviction here, right? I have this beautiful palace. We have peace on every side. We have conquered all this land. Our kingdom is vast. We are powerful. We are the place to be for peace, comfort, prosperity. We have it all. Kind of like America in many regards, right? Like they were in a good place. But then he looked at the house of God and it was living in a tent. Right? So imagine you have this beautiful palace and the ark of God is in this little tent. Well, it wasn't really a little tent, but it was, in comparison to David's palace, kind of garbage. So he wants to build God, this beautiful place of worship, this sanctuary, this temple. And so Nathan told the king... Sounds like a good idea, right? Go and do that is on your mind for the Lord is with you. Like God has anointed you. He's blessed you. Everything you've done and touched has just been prosperous and amazing. Sounds good to me. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. But God, right? Go to my servant David and say, this is what the Lord says. Are you to build me a house to dwell in? From the time I brought Israel out of Egypt until today, I have not dwelt in a house. Instead, I have been moving around with a tent as my dwelling. And in all my journeys with all the Israelites, have I ever spoken a word to one of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel? Asking, why haven't you built me a house of cedar? Now, in all practicality, they shouldn't have built him a house because they were moving, right? They were constantly on the go, uh, kind of wherever God would lead them, that's where they went. And so they would conquer this little piece of territory. They would go over here and, and take that piece of land, right? And so in order for God to be in a permanent house, that means he wouldn't be able to go with them. And so, of course, he needed to be in a tent that they could pack up and go to another place. But God's like, I never once in all of my leading of my people has ever any of them said, I want to build you a house. God was moved by this. This was something that he really took to heart. And this was like, wow, you are a man after my own heart. There is no one else like you. But then there was more. Verse 8, so now this is what you are to say to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you like that of the greatest on earth. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them, so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done ever since the days I ordered judges to be over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. Then the Lord declares to you, the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build my house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
So there it is, that statement. I will establish his kingdom forever. Truly, Solomon fulfilled this. He built God a magnificent temple, right? And why didn't David get to build God the temple? Anybody know? He had blood on his hands. He was a man of war. Though he was a good man, he wasn't the man to build the temple. And so Solomon did exactly that. And God established a mighty kingdom. However, in his old age, Solomon fell away from God. And from that time on, Israel continued to have this, this up and down with God where they would follow after him and then fall away, follow after him and fall away. And eventually it got to the point where they had fallen so far away that they had to go into captivity in a faraway land. And it seemed as if, yes, the kingdom was not going to last forever. But then, but then God used Jeremiah to proclaim this message again. Jeremiah 23, 5 says, For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. There was hope again. Jeremiah said, I know you feel like you're in captivity. This is gone. God's promise to you. He failed. He promised and he failed. And God's like, no, I didn't. You're the ones who left me. I'm going to do what I promised. And from the time before you were ever even a thought, before the creation was ever created, I knew what I was going to do. I have a plan, and that plan is my son, Jesus. And in comes Gabriel with his beautiful news in Luke chapter 1. So we are going to flip to Luke chapter 1 on page 907 in our Bibles. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, here comes Gabriel. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to be a man, to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I just have to pause there. We know from... From history, she was most likely a teenager, right? So here we have a virgin who is a teenager. And the angel comes. And she was troubled. Okay? I would be troubled too, right? Let's just be real. This angel comes to her in beauty and approaches her. And she's young. And the angel then goes on to say, don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Imagine. You're a teenager. Now, some of you in here, you're not a teenager yet. You will be soon enough. You're inexperienced in life. You're 
too young to have a kid yet. You don't even know what that means yet. And this angel proclaims that to you. And then he says those infamous words that have been sitting there dormant for hundreds of years. You are going to be the mother of the one that's been promised. She knew exactly what that meant. This was no brainer for her. She knew exactly what the angel was saying. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is real. This is happening. And then she asked the angel, how can this be since I've not had sexual relations with a man? Like, this is, this is not making sense. First you're saying that I'm a favored one and, and how? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for who is called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. There's such a message in that. And then the only response she could give. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. This promise has been laying dormant. Is here. It's here. And the beautiful thing is it's just not for the nation of Israel. For the Jewish people. It's for today. It's for all of us. Jesus came for you. Came for all the world. We read in Romans 16, 25 and 26, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. God knew exactly what he was doing. But now, as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. This promise given to David is for all of us. And it's just not in a building anymore. (laughs) His presence is here this morning. There is absolutely no doubt. His presence is with you if you're listening online. His presence is everywhere. But it's more than that. His presence lives in us. We are now the temple. We are where God resides. Listen to this. This is a beautiful verse. Write it down. Memorize this one. 1 Corinthians 3.16. If you memorize John 3.16, throw this into your 3.16s. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Jesus wants to dwell in you. But let's think about this. I don't know how much you know about the Old Testament and the temple. But the temple was specifically designed with every T crossed and every I dotted. It was perfect. And if you went into the presence of God in the Old Testament, you had a long list of things you were supposed to do. 
And in fact, they, they even put things around people so that in case those things stopped shaking and moving and they would tie things around them because if, if for some reason they did something wrong, they were going to drop dead immediately. Like the presence of God requires perfection. Something we don't like to talk about. It requires perfection. And so if they didn't follow that, they'd drop dead and they would have to be pulled out. <laughs> That's some serious stuff. God wants to dwell in us. He wants us to be his temple. And he requires perfection. Now here's the thing about God. Is he's also a forgiving God, right? He's a gracious God, a merciful God. He doesn't give us what we deserve. If we were following the Old Testament rules and practices, we'd be dead many times over right now, right? All of us. We're all in the same boat. But God is very gracious. He's very merciful. And he forgives us. And so this morning, what he is looking after and what we have talked about many, many times here at Nexus is God is looking for a heart just like David's who longs to have a heart that is ready for him that longs to be welcoming of his presence. Not perfection, but a heart that longs for his presence. That is his desire. That is what he longs for. So the question I have for you today is, what kind of temple are you preparing for the Holy Spirit to dwell in? What does your heart look like? Is it busy? Pretty sure everybody in here probably can still raise their hand, even with COVID and all the restrictions and all the things that we can't do right now. And it feels like Christmas isn't here yet. Like, are you kidding me? Christmas is a few days away. This just doesn't seem right. But we're still busy. We're still doing. And our time with God and our hearts are not still prepared for what he wants to do. At least mine isn't. I'm speaking for myself. I'm so busy. So distracted. And God is asking, reel it back. It's not too late. This is Christmas. Slow down. Spend time with me. What does that look like for you where you can prepare that, that heart so that he has a place to dwell in? Worship team is going to come back up. And we're going to go into, it's a, it's a time where we're going to ask that. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to create a home that welcomes the Holy Spirit. Create a home inside of your heart that welcomes the Holy Spirit. Be like David. I just long, Scott, I wanna, I wanna build that house. I wanna build that house. I want that house for you to be beautiful, magnificent. In fact, we know that David did everything in his power to, to set his son up, right? He got all the supplies. He went everywhere he needed to go, made deals so that his son could build the house. He was ready. That was the kind of heart David had. Even though God's like, you're not the one to build my house. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can, God. I'm not going to back down until the day I die building your house until my no, I've done everything I can. Will that be your heart today? Do everything you can. You're not going to be perfect. God doesn't ask us to be perfect in this life. What he asks is our hearts to be right with him. So would you stand if you can today to spend this time 
just seeking God, asking God, preparing me. I know that I'm not perfect. Let's all be honest today. I'm not perfect. There's areas in my life that probably never will be perfect. But my heart is to never stop preparing a place for him to dwell in. Father, you're here today. I thank you that you are here with us. And I just ask that every person listening, whether here in person or following us online, God, that their hearts would be just like David's, who would just long to prepare that place for you to dwell in. God, you move. You're so much better than any words I could speak. And Father, you are touching hearts right now. And you're saying, come on, come on, come on. There's more of me. And the more you let me reside inside of your heart, the more I push out this darkness inside of you, the more beautiful it is. I know it's hard, daughter. I know it's hard, son. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your son to making this all possible, not just to the Jews, but to us Gentiles as well. Those who didn't deserve any of this. We are grateful, we're thankful, and we worship you in Jesus' name.
praise you, Father. Lord, I just pray your blessing over your people this morning. Father, that we would go from here with that wonder in our hearts of what you have done, of what you have given us, of who you are. Lord, that that will go with us every minute, every day. Father, that we will love you so much, experience your love so much that we'll give it away. That it'll just pour off of us, Father. And that everywhere we go, we'll bless the people around us. People need a blessing. They need hope. They need life. They need light. Father, they need your blessing. And we have access to that. We have access to some wonderful things by staying in that wonder, that wonder of Christmas, that wonder of the coming of Jesus. And staying in that wonder every day and staying in relationship with you continually. And as we experience your love, as we experience your faithfulness, as we experience clarity from you, wisdom from you, and all that we need, your hand supplies everything that we need. And Lord, truly let us bless this world. Let us be a light that shines so brightly in this world that they will bring glory to you, Father. That they will bring glory to you. Father, when we are in your presence, discouragement cannot stay. Fear cannot stay. All that bad stuff, it can't stay. So Lord, help us to stay in your presence to stay there. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings. Many, many blessings. Help us not to hoard them, but to open up the music box and let everybody hear it. To bring joy and light to this gray, sad world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your gift. Thank you for Jesus. Praise your name. Bless you. Amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us today. Uh, the goodies on the chairs, on the table, those are for you. Uh, make sure that if you can, gift wrap those uh, gifts, and then we will send them to uh, VIP tomorrow. And, uh, of course, uh, hopefully you can join us on Christmas Eve. If you can't, we will be trying to do this once again online, and um, would love to have you join us at 4 o'clock, and maybe even tomorrow at 6 o'clock at the hop. Have a great week, and Merry Christmas! Yeah.